Pastors Larry and Tiz welcome you to another New Beginnings Church podcast. Go deeper into God's Word with practical messages and lifestyle studies that will equip, inspire, and encourage you in your relationship with Jesus. Get ready to be fit for life. Good morning. Welcome to Fit for Life. I'm Pastor Lydia. We've been speaking on the Holy Spirit. We talked about the Holy Spirit being our leader, how we're to follow him. We talked about the fruit of the Spirit, which is to edify ourselves. And today we're going to talk about the spiritual gifts of the Holy Spirit. Uh, I'm going to talk about who, I mean, I'm, first I'm going to say what the, Holy, the spiritual gifts are according to Scripture, according to uh, concordance and all that. Spiritual gifts are grace and anointing that is given to each person through the Holy Spirit. They are designed like an ability to be a point of leverage for each believer. Second one, something God has chosen specifically for you so you can help the advancement of the church and others by serving and using your, spe- your special ability. The third is our, their both gifts are natural and miraculous abilities empowered by the Holy Spirit. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are very unique skills and abilities given by the Holy Spirit to faithful followers of Christ to serve God for the common benefit of his people, the church. Simply put, the gifts of the Holy Spirit is God's empowering faithful Christian to do what he has called us all to do. And that's why we have the gifts, because we are to use them to fulfill God's plan, not our own. Amen. The spiritual gift is a concept and extraordinary power given by the Holy Spirit to fulfill the mission of the church. A lot of people put the mission of God, but actually it's the mission of the church is why we have spiritual gifts. Uh, To say it another way is to fulfill the mission of the believer because each one of us as believers have a mission to do. And sometimes we forget that. We think we're just to come in church and listen to what everybody else is saying, but God put us here you were birthed here because you he gave you a mission to do when you when you got here and we're supposed to fulfill that during our lifetime the term spiritual gift is the theological term for the extraordinary graces given to individual christians for the good of others and is distinguished from the graces given for personal sanctification such as the fruit of the spirit and sometimes we forget the fruit of the spirit is just for us We need to have each one of those abilities, each one of those to be able to sustain ourselves, to be able to deal with other people, (laughs) to to be able to uh, follow what God has planned for us. But the spiritual gifts are for us to be giving those out to other people, to use them, to grow them, to edify them, to um, console them, and to heal them. Amen? These spiritual gifts are or show the diversity of ways God endows Christians for spiritual service. And sometimes we think, okay, the Holy Spirit's doing that. Okay, only certain people have that, but that is not true. He gives them to everybody uh, as he sees fit for whatever we're doing. Uh, They're not necessarily meant to be comprehensive. We don't need to understand them or understood, but some of them overlap and have important variations. Like, uh, let's see, the gift of wisdom and the gift of knowledge. They kind of go hand in hand. The gifts are part of everything we need, everything we need to accomplish God's plans for our lives. 
Second Peter 1, 3 out of the complete Jewish Bible says, God's power has given us everything we need for life and goodness through our knowing the one who called us to his own glory and goodness. Going on in verse 4, it says, by or through these gifts, we might come to share in God's nature and escape the corruption which evil desires have brought into this world. And isn't that true? He gave us these things to share in his nature because he has, he's all of these things. And sometimes we just think, okay, that's just God or that's just whoever God anointed to do that. But no, he has all of that available for us so we all can share in his nature. It says that we are created in his image and his likeness. And that includes all of these things. And sometimes we think they're just for other people. But we could ask and desire to have each one of these. And he's faithful to, according to his plan, he has for us to give them to us. It, it is possible to let a gift go unused. We must use the gifts God has given us or we are disobedient and we cheat the church of a blessing. And when I thought about that, I said, man, because I remember one time when the Holy Spirit tells you to say something or go talk to somebody and you don't do it. <laughs> that means I'm not listening to him. I'm, I'm disobedient to the, to the voice of the Lord. And then I thought, man, and then I cheat that person out of a blessing. I said, okay, from now on, I'm just going to open my mouth, which I do all the time anyway, but, <laughs> but at the right time. <laughs> the purpose of the spiritual gifts is for building, encouraging, and comforting the people or church. We use them to impact and change the life of another individual. And sometimes, you know, when we think about these gifts, it's like, how is that going to change somebody? How is that going to impact somebody? But that's the... Um, the miracles of God. <laughs> we don't have to understand how it happens. We don't have to uh, think about how it works or anything, but just knowing that God gave me this ability and I'm going to use this ability. And it's, it's so funny how some of the things that, we, um, that I've found in here, we think are just, we just can have certain ones, but some of us have all of these abilities already. And we just don't know how to use them or don't recognize that it's a gift from God. And so we just don't bother to uh, um, develop it. These are some people that, uh, there are some people that go or get sidetracked with the gifts. Um, they become more obsessed with them than they do with Jesus. And we see that all the time in Christianity. Um, you can't touch somebody. You can't be near them because, you know, they're the anointed of God. But you know what? God anoints everybody. He anoints all of us. And uh, so believers begin to follow the signs and wonders instead of the signs and wonders following the believer, which is the way it's supposed to be. Uh, I have this uh, lady that calls me from Portland all the time. Can you tell somebody to lay hands on me? Can you, you know, somebody laid hands on me and so now I got healed. No, you don't need anybody to lay hands on you to be healed. Speak it out for yourself. Just claim your healing. But how, uh, how people get... Um, confused it's like no I have to have the man of God touch me or the woman of God touch me or pray for me but God has anointed every single born-again believer to have that ability to speak out the word on healing or whatever your circumstance is and we can do it for ourselves I mean when I feel an ache or something I lay hands on myself you know <laughs> and so you know and thank God for my healing because I have that ability. You have that ability. And every believer that comes into this church has that ability. And I remember when I first got saved, um, 
I mean, I would lay hands on everybody. <laughs> and how many remember that fire that we had when we first got saved? We, you know, we talked about it all the time. You know, and people who didn't even weren't even saved. I went and laid hands on them. Oh, it's okay. You'll be healed in the name of Jesus. <laughs> and I think about that. And as we go along and become more Christianized, <laughs> we we step back from some of that fire. And uh, when I was reading this, it was like, man, I just I want that same fire that I had when I first got saved. And it's so funny because. Um, I think Scott and I went to the grocery store yesterday, and this guy was doing something, and I, you know, said, it's okay, you can go get it exchanged, you know, in the name of Jesus, you'll have favor, and Scott's like, that is none of your business, I said, don't tell me who I can't talk to, (laughs) because it's like, no, it wasn't, but he didn't know, and then we were somewhere else getting new license plates, and people were standing there, he's like, why are you telling these people what to do? I said, I said, because you can look at them and tell them they don't know where to go. And so I'm just, you know, I said, that's, you know, I talked to everybody. It's okay. Don't freak out. It's okay if I help. <laughs> but it's so weird that sometimes, don't, just be quiet. Don't, you don't say anything. And my kids tell me that, Mom, you're too friendly. Stop talking to people. And it's like, I can't help it. I just can't. <laughs> And that was funny when he said that. I said, don't tell me who I can't talk to. <laughs> I just feel like I need to help. <laughs> but we, it's for everybody to just be bold like that. And because some people, they don't know what to do. They don't know the direction of their lives. And sometimes we have what they need to hear to get on the right path and, and, and receive salvation if they need it they need to hear something god loves you god bless you have a blessed day and then like have a blessed day wait a minute you know and it makes them start thinking about god so we need to remember that the bible tells us the we also need to remember that the bible tells us the antichrist himself who is here already will be doing signs and wonders to deceive the unbelievers and god's people even the elect and we see that already with preachers not standing up with the Jewish roots, not standing up on, on uh, political things and just righteousness, you know, and they're just wanting to keep people in their church or whatever the thing is. There And so many preachers, I mean, I went to visit one when, in New York, and I sat there and I was like, oh, my God, he's not teaching these people anything. And they were acting like they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And, they were, and I was like, you haven't heard not one thing in here. I mean, he hasn't told you one thing that you can take with you and walk out the door. And they go, oh, what a good servant. And he just said one scripture like 10 times, different ways, but the same scripture and came back. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. (laughs) And I'm like, okay, just be quiet. Just be quiet. (laughs) Don't say anything, you know, because these people don't know you. (laughs) So, but it's, but how... uh, the devil's working overtime to deceive. And Jesus told us in the last days, do not be deceived. And then when you know the word and you know his promises, you know his plan, you know what you can do, it should always help us to not be deceived from everything that we're hearing, the news, all of that. Is There's things in there, they're deceiving us. And so many people are just falling right in line, and we have to ask God and thank him for giving us discernment so we make the right choices and not to be deceived, amen? 
The signs and wonders are to come from us as God's chosen, not the other way around. His signs and wonders will come from us, not somebody else. <laughs> the scripture told us that we would do more than what Jesus did, right? It says, greater things shall you do than he did. Well, it's our time to do those greater things. And sometimes we forget. They, I mean, I think back and all the things that Jesus did, and I'm like, okay, I don't know if I can be doing all that. But you know what? When I read this, I'm like, you know what? Yeah, greater things I should be able to do than he did because he empowers us. He, he, that was his inheritance to us, our inheritance from him, that power, those giftings, and he sent us the Holy Spirit like he did his disciples to go out and do all of that. He told them the way for the Holy Spirit and they went out and did tremendous things. Well, he gave us the same Holy Spirit. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He does not change, and neither does God. So he gave us those same abilities. And when we read these stories, it's like, yeah, man, they were so great. But they were just like us. They were just like us, and we just need to remember that. Whatever they did, we can do, and greater things can we do. Attaining the spiritual gifts is not our goal, but they are the gateway for us to Help, help other people receive from God. They are tools to build with, weapons to fight with, and it adds to our benefit, and it's to our benefit as believers to put them to use for God's glory and not our own. No one can say or readily know exactly how many gifts the Holy Spirit has because people just pick and choose, but he can have a whole array of gifts that we don't even know about that he can give us uh, but I'm going to just name a few of them that, and give an explanation or a few that we know of that's listed in the scriptures because I thought about it. I said, you know, the Holy Spirit can do anything. God can do anything. He's changed people's lives. He built people up. He took people down. So why can't the Holy Spirit have more gifts than what we only read about? When I first did it, I said the seven spiritual gifts of the Holy Spirit. But then when I got into it, it's like, there's way more than seven. And I thought, even though those are listed here in the Word, he's got to have more than that. So I did, you know, that's why it's so important for us to um, be filled with the Spirit, to ask him to give us more, to desire the gifts. Is what the Bible said, desire the gifts. But it's like, why do we need all these gifts, God? Because he's got a special plan, a unique plan for each and every one of us to do here on earth. And sometimes it's the easiest thing that we already know how to do. And I thought, everybody's always um, talking about, well, I don't know what God has for me to do. I don't know what my gifting is. Well, look at what you're doing already. And if it's so simple for you to do it like this where you don't have to think about it, that's one of your gifts. <laughs> and sometimes we pass over that. Um, so 1 Corinthians 12, 4 says, now there are distinctive varieties and distributions of endowment gifts, extraordinary powers distinguishing certain Christians due to the power of divine grace operating in their souls by the Holy Spirit. And they vary, but the Holy Spirit remains the same. So there are so many gifts. They all come from the Holy Spirit, and they vary according to every person the way he wants to do it. The first one is the word of wisdom. A message supernaturally granted to an individual is a gift to make choices and give leadership that is according to God's will. Um, second, uh, Colossians 2, 3 says, In him all, 
all the treasures of divine wisdom, comprehensive insight into the ways and purposes of God, and all the riches of spiritual knowledge and enlightenment are stored up and lie hidden. And I thought, man, open up those gates, God, and just pour all that stuff out on us. Amen. You know, and we need to always, you know, say that to him. We need to say that to him. Open up your gates of heaven and pour out your blessings. And I know when we sing the songs, you're inviting the Holy Spirit in. I mean, we need to invite him in. Yeah, but we need to let him know this is what we want. I want every single thing you have for me, every gift you can give me to do what I need to do for you. And we need to know that um, he's faithful to give them to us. If we desire them, he is faithful to give them to us. The second is a word of knowledge. It's a gift to have a comprehensive understanding of a spiritual issue, truth, or circumstance. It's also the ability to teach the faith but also with forms of revelation similar to prophecy and, and related to wisdom. 1 Corinthians 12, 8 says, To one is given in and through the Holy Spirit the power to speak a message of wisdom and to another the power to express a word of knowledge and understanding according to the same Spirit. The next one is faith or increased faith to trust God, his promises, his faithfulness to act, relying on his character and inspire others to trust in God no matter what the circumstance or conditions. And didn't we see that with Pastor Larry and his family going through all the things? They had been given the gift of increased faith to go through all the things they went through. And even if we can have sickness or whatever's going on in our family and ourselves, we can ask for increased faith to go through all those circumstances and to remember God's promises, even though we're being bombarded with the worldly things they have to tell us, the descriptions, the news, the, the, what the doctors have to tell you to cover themselves. All that's well and good, but it's not what the Word of God says. The Bible says, whose report do you believe? And we have to have increased faith in, in, those, in those circumstances or in those times to remember, we can say, God, just give me increased faith or give me the faith to go through this and speak only your word. Remember only your word, even though they're telling me this stuff, block that stuff. And I can say yes to whatever they're saying, but I know that your word is higher above their word and your word is better than their word and your result is better than their result. Amen. <laughs> 11, uh, Hebrews 11.1 uh, 11, says, Now faith is the assurance, the substance, the ownership, confirmation, title deed of things we hope for, being the proof of things we do not see, and the conviction of their reality. Faith, perceive, perceiving us, perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. So faith is something even though... Um, it goes beyond what we, our, our five senses, it goes beyond that. And it's like, man, that is so good because we are so bombarded in our senses with different things. But, you know, our faith in God surpasses all of that and takes us to, an, actually it takes us to another level. Amen. The next one is healing. Supernatural enablements given to a, a believer 
to minister various kinds of healing and restoration to individuals through the power of the Holy Spirit. So when people are praying for you or, or you go up for prayer for healing, it's not that person that's healing you. It's God that's healing you. He, the Holy Spirit, is just using them, giving them the gift at that moment to heal, to be for that other person to be healed. But sometimes people need to see or uh, a person or feel a person touching them to enhance their faith to believe for their healing. Amen. First Corinthians twelve twenty eight and thirty says, "So God has appointed some in the church for His own use. <laughs> He's using us." <laughs> that's right for first apostles special messengers second prophets inspired preachers and expounders third teachers then wonder workers so teachers come before wonder workers then those with the ability to heal the sick helpers administrators speakers in different and unknown tongues so it's like he has all of that and all of that is here in this church and sometimes we forget and people don't realize, okay, I have a gift here. What, what am I going to do with it? I, I, don't, I, can't, I don't have a place to use it. But yes, you do have a place to use it because you're in the body of Christ. You're a hand. You're an arm. You're a head. So, you're, you know, you're a, the body. It's a lot of different places and ways to use your gifting from the Holy Spirit here in the church, which is why he gives it to you in the first place. Uh, the next one is miracles imparted by the Holy Spirit to display signs that give credibility to God's word and the gospel message. That is the only reason why there's miracles, to give credibility to God's word and his message, the gospel message. 1 Corinthians 12, 8 through 11 says, To one is given in and through the Holy Spirit the power to speak a message of wisdom, and to another the power to express a word of knowledge and understanding according to the same Holy Spirit. To another, wonder-working faith by the same Holy Spirit. To another, the extraordinary power of healing by the one Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophetic insight, the divine will and purpose interpretation. To another, the, the ability to discern and distinguish between the utterances of true spirits and false ones, which is very important. To another, various kinds of unknown tongues. To another, the ability to interpret such tongues. All of these gifts, achievements, and abilities are inspired and brought to pass by one and the same Holy Spirit who proportions, proportions to each person individually exactly as he chooses. So he knows God's plan. He knows us inside and out. And he knows the proportion of these gifts that he needs to give us for us to, to fulfill the plan of God. I'm like, God. <laughs> because right now, especially when people are speaking or whatever, you have to have the ability to discern uh, what spirit that comes from. Because a lot of people want to lay hands on you. Don't let other people, don't let people lay hands on you suddenly, even though they say, oh, no, I pray you don't know what spirit they're of. Uh, and so sometimes you need to have God give me discernment on this. Or And sometimes, you know, like when people want to be on my prayer team, I said, well, pray for me. Let me hear you pray for me. <laughs> and sometimes that takes people back, but I want to know that they can pray. 
I want to know. <laughs> I want to know that they know what they're talking about, and they're not, you know, just dragging on and quoting scripture and all that. No, I, and I also want to know that when they're praying, do they believe what they're praying for? Do they believe there's going to be a change in that person that you're praying for? When you go up there to get somebody saved, are you going up there believing that that person's life's going to be changed? If you're going up to pray for somebody for healing, do you believe the atmosphere is going to change? Do you believe their body's going to change? That is what I look for when I have people on my prayer team. <laughs> so, and people who go, I've had people come up to the front who are not on my prayer team, and I will go over to them and say, I'm sorry, you are not on my prayer team. You need to have a seat. <laughs> and, you know, I have people get mad at me, but I know how to pray, but you're not on my prayer team. I don't know how you pray. You could be an evangelist. I don't know who you are. I don't know how you pray. So I'm sorry. You need to have a seat. <laughs> and I have done that, and, and people are like, oh, my God, Lydia. I say, hey, you know, I cannot have people up there praying for people that I don't know the spirit that they're of. Because the devil comes to church. <laughs> and I know when I used to be up there with pastor, when he used to have people come up to pray, he had me next to him, and I could look at people and tell them, you know, I'd ask them what they came for, but I could also see down the line and say, okay, and I tell the ushers, do not let this person touch pastor, and I tell pastor, this person is a witch. And how I knew that, I don't know. <laughs> but I would tell him that, and he would go, okay, so... And so he would know what to do, and, and sometimes I would put my hand in between so they couldn't touch him. But I also would tell the ushers to don't let them touch him because you can pray. The devil can be prayed for and, and, and give their life to Christ. But they do come checking around to see who they can infiltrate and see where they can deceive people too. So we need to re- remember that when we're in church because the devil, it says the devil knows the word and he trembles, and sometimes they can't stay. And sometimes they act out in church. (laughs) So we need to make sure we know what's going on, amen? And that's, people don't always get that or be taught that. That's what we're here in church to do. We're in church to discern the spirits. We're in church to have people's lives change. We're in church to make a difference to those people that are coming in that are not saved yet. And some of them don't go forward. But you know what? They don't have to go forward. If you're looking around, I have my team looking around while they're praying. Even though they say eyes closed, they already know my team is looking around. And if people are raising their hands, I tell them later, you know, go up to them or whatever and say, I saw you raise your hand. You know, let's pray. You know, do you want me to pray for you? And more people than more people will pray with you then. But some people just are not comfortable going forward. But that's just they haven't had the boldness given to them yes and that's okay amen prophecy a message or declaration from god that typically involves inspiration interpretation or revelation of divine will concerning the social world and events to come and some people think we should not talk about politics in church but if we don't know what's going on in the world we don't know how to fight if we don't know what's going on in the world and what's deceiving us What's not lining up with the word of God because it's so easy for people to um, believe what they're being told. That's why people were called sheep. <laughs> and the Bible says uh, few are chosen. Well, everybody's chosen, but few heed the call. And so some people we need to know, and that's why they have prophecy. But still then, it's what's going on in the world 
and, it, and the events to come. So we know that's why pastor teaches on revelations. He goes through all that stuff so we know where we are and where we're going according to God's plan and what it says in the Bible. And, you know, I, I, I see people or I hear people say things. I'm like, oh, my gosh, why don't you see what's going on? <laughs> but, you know, the devil's slick. <laughs> he's slick in all his little cohorts. He isn't, he's not by himself. You know, all those fallen angels have other people too. And, and we have to know that a certain spirit is over this area. You know, people have their way of doing things. And it's hard for people to change. But we need to understand. We need to hear God's word. We need to ask for the gifts. And we need to be able to examine ourselves and say, okay, I... I know this is my weak spot, so I'm going to build that up according to God's word. I'm going to believe this according to God's word, not by what somebody else is telling me. I mean, even when pastor's teaching, you need to go to the word and make sure that's right on. Any, any preacher that you listen to, you need to go to the word to make sure it is right on and what's for you. Because everything's not for you that's being taught. <laughs> and we need to know that and understand that. The next one is discerning spirits, the ability to recognize or judge whether or not something is truly from God in accordance with righteousness, and it needs to be judged, examined for its moral influence. What's happening to our morality now in our nation? That's the wrong spirit. (laughs) No matter what somebody says, it's the wrong spirit being put out to other people, and look how many people suck it up and just get attached to it so easily because they don't have discernment. And that's why he goes, uh, the enemy goes for kids and younger people because they don't know everything yet. That's why they're being uh, infiltrated in colleges and stuff. So when you send kids to college, they need to have a, a, a foundation on the word of God and you need to be communicating to them all the time. And sometimes, yes, they'll go off on a tangent, but once that word is in there, it will not come back void. Even though they look like they're doing the crazies out there, which everybody in their teens and 20s do, <laughs> we have to remember ourselves, okay, what did we do when we were 20? And I, I have to remind myself of that because I have you know, one in the 20s, and I'm like, okay, she's being crazy, okay. <laughs> But God's word does not come back void. She's had a solid foundation. I know she's doing that. And not, instead of saying, I don't know why you're doing that, which I want to shake her, <laughs> I go, you know, praise God. God has gifted you with this, and he's given you discernment, and I know you know the right, right from wrong, and I know you'll make the right choices. That comes in a lot easier than going, you need to stop what you're doing and. <laughs> Or you can't leave and go where you live. She doesn't even live here, but she comes back, and it's like, oh, my gosh. So we have to go over all that again. But that's discerning the spirits and giving them the foundation so they can go out into the world and not be consumed by the world. Amen. The gift of tongues, a gift that believers thought to be a language unknown to the speaker, which sometimes that happens, the ability to communicate in a language you don't have experience with, to speak to those who do not speak the language. And that's what the disciples had. They went into all the world and they could speak to all those people around. Well, guess what? If they could do that, we can do that too. And it's a gift given by the Holy Spirit. So we pray the perfect prayer to God without our mind knowing what is being spoken. 
because sometimes our natural mind can override the spiritual or it tries to. So we have to know, okay, I'm praying in tongues because it's the perfect prayer, which is why when I got saved, I wanted it. Because when I first got saved and walked into church, they were, people were praying in tongues. I'm like, I'm not going there. Those people are not, whatever they're doing, you know, I, I'm not sure I want that. <laughs> but then when you got saved and they explained, you know, the praying in tongues, it's a gift to believers. I'm like, okay. Okay, I want that. And then it's like, yeah, if I can pray the perfect prayer from my lips to God's ear, I want it. Because sometimes we just don't know what to pray for. So that's why we pray in tongues, because it's the perfect prayer. And I'm like, okay, I want all of that and more interpretation. I want it all. (laughs) 1 Corinthians 14 says, for those two says, for those who speak in an unknown tongue speaks not to men, but to God. For no one understands or catches his meaning because in the Holy Spirit he utters secret truths and hidden things not obvious to the understanding. And you know what? If I don't understand, I'm okay with that because I know it's the perfect prayer. (laughs) Interpretation of tongues, the ability to hear a person speaking in their heavenly language and having the meaning given to you by God for you to share within the church. Don't do it to your friends. <laughs> it's for people in the church, because you know, you're, unless they speak in tongues too. If you're speaking in tongues, having a worship time, and somebody prays in tongues, and if you have it, then that's fine. But if you're just gonna be, if you pray in tongues and then start saying something, people look at you like you're nuts. They don't understand it, and it might um, shine them away from Christianity. First uh, Corinthians fourteen three says, "The one who prophesies." interprets the divine will and purpose inspired preaching and teaching speaks to men for their upbuilding and constructive spiritual progress and encouragement and consolation that's why you would interpret tongues that's why we pray the gift of administration administration is a gift we all don't have it see Yvonne for administration she is brilliant at it (laughs) Uh, this is a special gift given to someone that will or can easily keep things in order and in agreement with God's principles. Administration is to keep things in order according to and in agreement with God's principles. That is why the gift of administration is here. A lot of people can preach. They can't keep things in order, which is why a lot of preachers get in trouble with their finances and different things like that because they try to do everything, and they're not called to do everything which is why T.D. Jake said the gift that you need is in the house because God puts in your house every single thing and gifting that you need to help the preacher. He can't do everything. Amen? The gift of helps, this is a gift that brings a desire and capacity to always help others to do whatever it takes to get a task achieved or done. 1 Corinthians 13, 9 and 10 says, For our knowledge is fragmentary, incomplete, and imperfect. And our prophecy, our teaching is fragmentary, incomplete, and imperfect. But when the complete and perfect total one comes, the incomplete and imperfect will vanish away, become antiquated, void, and superseded. When the perfect one comes, who is Jesus, all these gifts will cease. People always try to say, um, 
they already cease, but they haven't, and they won't cease because he needs us to use these gifts in the world today. But when he comes, all these things will cease because he won't need us to do it. Until then, we will have these gifts, whether only partial or full. That's why pastor, when he teaches, sometimes says, I don't have everything. When I get to heaven, he's probably going to say, Larry, you didn't have it right. (laughs) And you know what? Because we're human and we're not going to have everything totally right, which is why you go to the word to make sure everything lines up with God's word. Because we have it partially or in full. That scripture alone puts us to rest whether or not these special anointings and gifts given by God through the Holy Spirit are still here for us today. And so many churches still teach they're not here for us today, but they are here for us today. The church needs them here today, especially with everything going on, because we can totally tell we're in the end times. How many people, there's so many people that don't even think we're in the end times. They can't recognize the things going on around us, but it is the end times. And Revelation tells us everything that's going to happen, and it's happening. Everybody's talking about climate change. No, the earth is crying out, and it's changing, which it does every 400 years anyway. And they're going, oh, no, it's climate change. Yes, we're doing things to mess with the atmosphere, but... These things have to happen for God's plan to be fulfilled. So don't be fearful. Some people get scared. Don't be fearful that they're happening. You know, praise God that they're happening because Jesus is coming back and we will be victors over all this chaos, over all this mess, and we come out victorious as believers. (laughs) So it's like, yeah, okay, I can see what's going on. we need these gifts working continually in the church today so we can accomplish the great task that Jesus came for and what he passed on to us to fulfill. He only came and did part of it, but he told us what we needed to do. So in the end, all of God's plan is fulfilled. That means we should never, as believers, as God's army of warriors, his ambassadors, which we are, sit on the sidelines to let others take the full burden of helping the church assembly be the best and most powerful they can be, which is what pastor tries to do, we all try to do, is uh, impart what we um, feel God is giving us, which is why I stayed on the Holy Spirit to do these separate things, because it doesn't always get taught this way, and it's for us to be the best we can be and give us all the power we need. When we understand what the Holy Spirit has for us, it gives us that extra boost of power that we already know we can tap into. Sometimes we're told that, but we don't understand it. We don't get it. All we need to do is ask God for it, the Holy Spirit, and he's faithful to give it to us to accomplish God's plan. And sometimes we just think, okay, pastor has that gifting. I don't need to have that gifting. That's not true. (laughs) That's not true. Other people need to have that gifting too because then we hold up his whoops we hold up his arms and help the church. You know, even people, you know, praying, doing miracles. Everybody in this church as a believer who knows the word of God, who understands the word of God, understands the power that the word of God gives us can lay hands on people and they will recover because it's a gift from God to do it. 
But, you know, pastor can't do it all. I know people want to talk to pastor and want to run and have him pray for people. Well, we have people that can pray. Other, you can pray for people around you. If, if they don't get to pastor, they, they get deflated. They're, you know, their spirits get deflated, but they don't have to, and they don't understand that yet. It's because true believers in Jesus Christ have these gifts, and it's up to us to use these gifts to build up the church, to empower other people to do what Jesus has already said we're to do. That's why he said, I'm giving you all this stuff that I've done as an inheritance. Go out there and greater things you will do than I did because I am giving you the Holy Spirit. (laughs) So it's like, yeah. (laughs) So we can't just let one person or a few people take on everything because it doesn't work that way. And um, so I, I just believe that God, thank you, thank you, thank you that uh, for your spirit. Thank you that we can work together. Thank you that we can uh, repent and say, okay, I know I'm not doing everything I can do. And sometimes it's like the younger people because, like, we look at Pastor Wanderson running around and he's doing great things. And I thought, and they're looking at us and we're like, no, we've already done that. <laughs> When we were your age, we were doing that too. (laughs) But now we have gotten more wisdom. We have gotten more knowledge. We know how to not run around and do it all. We know how to get people who can help us get it done. (laughs) So we don't have to do all the running around. I try to tell them all the time, you need some assistance. (laughs) I know you're doing all this, but you need some assistance. You need to give people uh, responsibility because people in the church, they want responsibility and sometimes... It's um, leadership is afraid to give that responsibility because they don't really know who they what people are gifted in, and so that's why sometimes I have people come in to teach, um, like Mitch, <laughs> because I know where he's been. He's been here for a while. He knows. Uh, the protocol or whatever of the church he knows what pastor teaches he aligns himself with his with the teaching of the church not some other church somewhere else he knows what we stand for here so he can come in here and teach but there's some people who come in who want to be pastors and want to teach and we and they get upset and mad because we say well you have to do this this and this you have to be here for a while we have to know that you catch the vision of the house and they get mad and leave, but that's okay, which is why pastors say sometimes you got to choose who you lose because you just can't put anybody up in the pulpit. You can't put anybody up here to teach if they don't know the vision of the house, if they don't know what God has called this church to do. Every church does not have the same vision. God gives every church a different vision, and so we are, are um, tasked with doing the vision here at this house, which is Jewish roots and building, which is why I had this call Fit for Life, because we need to be fit, we need to be empowered, we need to be uh, given the strategies, the techniques to empower our lives to live in this chaotic place we live in today. So that's why I broke all this down with the spiritual gifts, and there's so many more that I probably don't even know about that God has anointed somebody with, and um, we need to keep those in perspective and know that it's us, we're the church, and the whole body needs to be working together to fulfill God's plan. Amen.